We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the VM NFL show. Your boy Lamb here with my two guys, Tim in the building. Well, we're not really in the building. Yay, yay. But the yay, yay is always strong and super lit. You know, always. And also on the other end is the big boss man. Boss, what's up? Yo, what's going on? I'm ready to rock and roll today. Let's get it going, yeah. Shut my computer off. What is this bullshit over here? Listen, before we get into football, I just want to say today was the first day that I realized summer sucks because working outside what? in this humidity blows. I, yeah, I hear that from you, but this is also the first day of my summer vacation from being a teacher. So I wow. I counter that very, very, very I'm, I'm way <laughs> on the other side of that argument. Summer is the greatest. I've had a wonderful day so far. I feel like everyone who works outside in the summer has got to say summer blows. Listen, man, I'm I'm like a trapped, like a trapped animal. I'm in metal. Fans, bro. There's a dude. I tried putting a fan in the breakfast cart, but it just circulates hot air. Ah, so it's just <laughs> trash, you know. So I got the grill. I'm in metal. I got the coffee machine. The humidity. It's the worst. But enough about that. Let's talk some NFL football. We'll open up with this. I think this is absolutely ridiculous. Mike Thomas, can't guard Mike, my boy from the Saints. His contract is sort of, it's it's around the time where players on their rookie deals start asking for contract extensions, and rightfully so. Look, this guy deserves it. I believe he has pretty much every record a wide receiver has had in his first three seasons in the National Football League, and everyone knows how talented he is. He's asking for $22 million annually. Boss, how you feel? I think from my tone, you have an idea how I feel about it. Kick us off. How do you feel about that? Yo, I think he's in position to do so. Like, yo, if you look at the Saints and their future going forward, like, yo, Drew Brees is, is kind of out the door. He, he <laughs> I don't know if you saw, it was on Twitter today. He gifted a Zion. Uh, Williamson a jersey and I forgot he wrote something of like you're next up or something passing like I'm you pat- the torch passing you the torch if that's not one foot out the door I don't know what is so you know if if can't guard Mike is asking for 22 now's the time to do it and if you're the Saints now's the time to give him the money because you're gonna have a rookie quarterback probably in year two or three of that deal when it kicks in so yo why not I'd, I'd keep him he's He'd be a great veteran at the time for a rookie quarterback to come in. So he'd be a top wide receiver in the league. Yo, I'd pay him the money, if I'm being honest. 
I I mean, there we're 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 getting to a point in our just general NFL cap systems where wide receiver ones like Michael Thomas, like OBJ, are going to be getting twenty-two million dollars a year. The question is, can you have a healthy franchise with a guy making twenty-two million dollars as a wide receiver? Because that's the number they're going to go for, right? So does Mike Thomas deserve $22 million? The answer is undoubtedly yes. He's one of the best uh, wide receivers in the league. Like like Boss was saying, he deserves everything he gets. Uh, he is, in, in the last year of his rookie deal, he wants more money. He's, his team has had wild success. He's been the, the engine, right? At the same time, if you're the Saints, you have a bunch of people that you need to pay soon. One of the bad things about having a fantastic draft class is you have to all pay them all in the same year so that's coming up mm-hmm. you have a 41 year old quarterback that's making how much is he making against the cap i'm not i'm not sure i'll look it up in a second but he's making a big number against the cap uh you have a running back that's gonna need to be paid soon he's making third round money right you just paid cam jordan you're, you're you need to give out a lot of money and is giving a wide receiver no matter how good he is healthy for a franchise and I think that's the question because the question, does Michael Thomas deserve it, is yes. But do the Saints – should the Saints do it? I don't – that's the question. Yeah, so Drew Brees, I got it in front of me right now. Um, it, it's close to a $25 million cap hit because he restructured his contract. Okay, so that's not So cleared up bad. about like $10.8 against the cap. Not too um, Yeah. Yo, Tim, hell of a point. When you hit on all your draft picks, it's dope the first three, four years. But then look at what Dallas is going through right now, right? They got to pay Zeke and Dak roughly around the same time. Dude, I I don't I can't me I, I guess I'm old school, but I don't want to pay anyone that kind of money unless he's a quarterback. Do I need to change my thinking with that, Tim? No, I, I mean I I don't think so. I, I it, it's proven. I mean it's been proven. You, you, if your best player is a position player, a skill position player, uh. And we, you know, we're gonna be talking about the top five skill position players um, coming up in, in another episode. But you're not gonna build a franchise around those guys. You're gonna build a franchise around a quarterback. You're gonna build a franchise about uh, uh, around the defensive end. You know what I mean? Like if, if you're gonna go on the defensive side, you can't build a, a franchise around a wide receiver. And twenty-two million dollars is a like build around that guy kind of player. So I, I don't know if I could do it now. If they could find a way to maybe pay him $22 million for the next three years, uh, make sure that he is there as long as Drew Brees, and then once Drew Brees jets, they can release him, and then they can worry about it from there. I think that's a team-friendly kind of thing where uh, they, they kind of both win. Yeah, but I feel like once Drew Brees jets is the opportunity you have to pay him the $22 million. I mean, that's a good point. But then, all right, so yeah, because you'll probably have a young quarterback in. I guess I guess this would be the time to pay him. You, that's a that's a good point, boss. I wasn't really thinking about that. So we got we got to remember Mike Thomas is a second round pick, so he didn't really get first round pick money. I just poked myself in the eye because I'm not that sharp. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so second round pick. So he's definitely giving him like what eight times his worth, maybe even more on that contract. The top five wide receiver salaries at the moment. Um, if you guys ever want a database to check out, they have everything at hand. It's sport, spotrack.com. S-P-O-T-R-A-C.com. It's fantastic. This isn't a paid ad. It's just some good shit. Uh, Odell, 18. Antonio Brown, 16.7. Mike Evans, 16.5. DeAndre Hopkins, 16.2, as well as Brandon Cooks. And then Adam Thielen, let's go. 16 per, you sandbag us a little bit. <laughs> okay, so like Mike Thomas is in that discussion. And then what happens is when you look at Brandon Cooks and Jarvis Landry making 15 and 16 million, and then Sammy Watkins is making 16, it's like, dog, I'm way better than those guys. At least in my opinion, that's what I would say if I was Mike Thomas. So yeah, that's that's always, yo, next man up. It always puts a team in a rough spot and then you hear like shit in atlanta like yo julio wants a new deal because he's the 12th most expensive wide receiver right and he's pretty much in everyone's top five i would say for the most he's part probably in your top two. Oh yeah julio you know mount saint julio is always ready to erupt <laughs> uh but yo another thing right stay with the wide receivers tim you're right where 
you don't really win with them. Like, right. you win your fantasy leagues, but you got to get to number 14 on this list, and that's Alshon Jeffrey, that a guy has won a Super Bowl on this. And then 18th is Emmanuel Sanders. So in your top 20, only two have won Super Bowls. And they were also paired up with, well, I mean, Nick Foles. That kind of hurts my argument. But the point remains where you don't really win Super Bowls with stud wide receivers. I, I couldn't agree more. You need, I mean, you need a, I feel like if you have a stud quarterback, you need a guy. Uh, so I'm not mad at like a team like the Browns who gives up some draft capital and gives up some money for some wide receivers. But yeah, uh, also then you got to remember Baker is like $7 million right. against the cap. And, that, and that's what it is. So you can do that. Yeah. So uh, it doesn't make sense for the, in, in general, Mike Thomas deserves it. Yeah. But it doesn't make sense for the Saints. I'm not sure. I, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I wouldn't do it. Right, it'll go back. It all goes back to Tim's original point, where it cripples the team if you pay your wide receiver that much money. Uh, you're not. You got to allocate your money better. You know, if you're going to build a all around like Super Bowl contending team, you can't be paying a wide receiver top five dollar. I don't think in today's game, I don't think that's that's going to work. And it's shown so far, it hasn't worked. Yo, boss. Little sidetrack. Do you know who the twenty first wide receiver is? The pay scale wise. 21 is a pretty wacky number, so I don't know. You're laughing a little too much. <laughs> I'm laughing. It'll, it'll all make sense when I tell you. It's my boy Ty Locky, baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Yo, he Tim, signed a monster deal. Like, he did. Yo, yo, he did. And last year I trashed it. I was like, dude, how you give Tyler Lockie 10 mil per? And then he had a good year. I've been holding yeah, stock for Tyler Lockie since like his Kansas State days. Uh, Fun fact, perfect passer rating, Russell Wilson to to uh what's his name tyler lockett yeah your point because tyler lockett's real son tyler lockett <laughs> yo Tim, you've heard the eric story with tyler lockett uh I, I, I don't remember it off the top of my head but i'm sure that i've heard this it. was like three years ago yo this is like year two tyler lockett he took him in the fifth round of our fantasy <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> cause I would say, like, we were all talking, like, he was a very popular sleeper. Like, yo, he's a guy, like, if you take him in the 12th round, he might, like, be your wide receiver three. Yeah. <laughs> took him fifth round. Easily <laughs> one of the more off-the-board picks ever in our fantasy league. Oh, man. Was Obviously, it? paid off yeah. five years later. I also took Steven Ridley once with the with the 13th overall pick in my league. That didn't That's um, brutal. That's that I remember that. Well. <laughs> that was with UNS for split a team. Yo, oh man, we took. I picked you up. I picked you up. We went to Frankie's Pizza, and you were kind of upset about your picks. <laughs> You're like, yeah, how'd the draft go? I was like, listen, my, my three running backs are Marshawn Lynch, Stephen Ridley, and Stephen Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, right, so so a lot of skill players there. Yeah, Yo, R- R- someone fart super loud, or what was that? What? There was like a noise that came from someone. Oh, I think it was me just like uh, batting on my, uh, you know, I'm like remembering Stephen, the Stephen brothers over there. <laughs> um, all right. So last thing, we're, we're all on the same boat where it's kind of, it's kind of, we understand his talent, but Mike Thomas, that's kind of a lot of money to pay a wide receiver, right boss? Or I think you... it's a lot of money to pay a wide receiver, but I'm on, I'm on board with like the Saints actually making that move right now. Got it. Just because I said, like, I think Breeze's. Yo, that, that signed jersey today changed my whole train of thought coming into this podcast today. Hmm. Where he said, yo, you're, it's your your town now. Or whatever he said, like, next man. Up. I forgot exactly what the words were. It was something like I'm passing. It was passing the torch, I think, to be exact. So when you say that to an athlete, I don't care who you are, you're kind of one foot out the door in my eyes. Fair enough. Fact I feel you on that, yeah. All right. So now what we're going to do is we've prepared a list. It's the top five players we would start our franchise with. Right, Tim? Facts. They're not quarterbacks. <laughs> Yo, word of the day is facts from Tim Petropolis. Yo, I've been using that too much, man. I've been spending a lot of time with sixth graders from the Bronx, so forgive me if I say facts, <laughs> facts. <laughs> so, so we're going with top five players in the NFL that we'd start up our team with that are on the offensive side of the ball with a little caveat that it's not quarterbacks. Because obviously the list would be all quarterbacks. So, Tim, kick us off, man. Where, where, where are you starting your team? I'm glad we kicked the kicked off with myself because I got a little bit of, you know, juice that I want to squeeze on y'all right now. Are you ready for this? Here, here's what happened. Last year we did this exact same list. 
We made actually a top five running backs list that we would start a franchise with. And I said my number two player was Saquon Barkley. And you guys, even though you are, uh, we got a Giants fan obviously here, you guys killed me. You said, how could you say that right now he you, you'd want to start a franchise with him? You've never seen him play a snap in the NFL. And that's because I seen him play. And I seen his legs. And I seen his quads. And I just seen what he brought to the table, the athleticism, the speed, the power, the agility, the ability to catch, all these things wrapped into one. And what happened? Last year, he showed out on a horrible team. 1,307 yards and 11 touchdowns on the ground, 721 yards and four TDs receiving. That's 2,028 yards from scrimmage in his rookie season on a team that had a not as shitty as before O-line, but still pretty shitty, and uh, the maybe one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. Top, top five worst quarterbacks in the league behind mm. center. On top of that, an injured Odell Beckham for some of the year, and really no other guys to speak of because uh, the tight end, like his, his name is slipping my mind right now, the Evan Ingram. Ingram. Evan Ingram, he also missed a few games. He was the peop- the person that people needed to stop, and he still had this much success, Saquon Barkley is my number one player that is not a quarterback to start my franchise around. And the second year, he moves up, not down. Uh, as as usual, time proves your boy right. I'll take the I'll take the hand claps. I'll take the come on everyone. Come on, come on. You got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring it. Yeah. Bring it. I love it. Congrats. Bathing it. <laughs> Congrats. I, I will say I definitely probably was one to call him crazy on that, that you could take someone before they even play it down in the NFL. But Saquon was on my list as well. Um, he was he was kind of clear on my list, but I was also considering David Johnson, mm. who I feel like played in a similar situation um, with a shitty O-line, shitty quarterback play, and shitty weapons out wide. And look at David Johnson's numbers. They weren't all that great, right? He had like three-point-something yards per carry. Definitely – Lower than expected coming back from that injury. And if you look at Saquon, who, like I said, in my opinion, played in a similar situation in terms of talent and every all uh, you know things considered, maybe not play calling or coaching, but you know on-field talent, Saquon thrived. So, and he's much younger. Saquon, you know, I think was a shoe in for me on this list, but I was considering David Johnson. But I got uh, Saquon Barkley too on my top five. Not number one though. Yeah, I mean, I got I got Barkley also in my list. Just to piggyback off what all you guys said, you also got to remember that I believe the starting wide receivers for the Giants last year were um, Russell Shepard at one point, and the guy that I famously dropped Pat Mahomes for, Corey Coleman. Yes. <laughs> so. And still somehow found a way to beat me in the championship. No, I different mean, league, different league, different league. But, but still, but, someone who did that found a way to beat me in the championship. I mean, I'm like one of the best that's doing it. You know, oh, it's just that we just make we legendary go. decisions. Six and seven, both leagues, double air. champ. Where the belts? Where the belts? <laughs> nah, but yo, for real, Saquon Barkley, right? You can't say much more about the guy. Uh, everything you guys rattled off stats-wise. And it's also the fact that there was literally no one else on the team. And they have a quarterback that can't throw the ball more than 12 yards on the field. So everything is a check down. And he caught, I believe, 80-plus passes. So... Yeah, Saquon for me, 22-year-old running back, uh, stud muffin, and could be on the cover of GQ. So he has that sex appeal as well. I think if he's not on your list, excluding quarterbacks, I think you're bugging. Yeah, he got to be in there. He got to be in there. All right, I'm going to show some love to the big uglies, a.k.a. the offensive linemen. And Quentin Nelson is on my list. Guy was an all-pro. Interesting. Guy was an all-pro right away, first year with the Colts, absolutely improved that offensive line, uh, was a human highlight reel, which is weird to say for the offensive lineman, just pancaking the shit out of people. Also with Quentin Nelson, boss, you know uh, one of our buddies, Joe, from uh, Whitestone, that's his cousin. Yeah, you told me about that one time. And he I met... like uh, the draft. Live. Yeah, so I, I, I remember I played... Guys, a fun little story here. I played in a fantasy league with my buddy Joe, not not San Agato, an, another Joe. Um, and it was with all his friends and family. They needed another body. So they're like, hey, let's hit up Nick. So I joined the league. Anyway, I meet a 17-year-old Quentin Nelson. And my boy Joe is like, yo, this is what, 2012, I want to say? 20, 
13? Anyway, he goes, dude, he's going to be a first-round pick in the league. He's going to Notre Dame. Kid was a tank. And his uncle, Quentin Nelson's pops, was like, yeah, we're going to get paid. I was like, yeah, that's fire, son. That's fire. So that fire. grew up a Giants fan, too. So, yeah, that kid's, a, that kid's a beast, man. And you guys know how I feel about Andrew Luck. This is not, you're going to hear a lot of Andrew Luck this year. I'll just leave it, leave it at that. Um, and Quentin Nelson is a big reason why. That guy was an absolute force right away. Similar impact to Zach Martin when he came in with the Cowboys. Kind of just improved that whole team. And the whole just the nasty and toughness to that team improved. So Quentin Nelson for me, if I'm picking from any crop of offensive linemen in the league, I'd still probably take him despite playing guard. Uh, Tim, who do you have on that list? And, you know, if you guys feel free, we should comment on other people's players too. So if you don't have Quentin Nelson or. Yeah. I was going to say, like, it's, it's interesting that you picked the guard there, but he showed what he could do. Like, when you are that skilled, and he's not, he's not the type of guy to be a center. He definitely is not the type of guy to be a left tackle. He's just not that kind of, like, really quick kind of dude, but he's a fucking animal. He's a monster. He could take on two guys at once. He could a pull with the best of them. So it's, it's just like, I, I agree. I agree, but it, it, it's hard to pick a guard there though when you have left tackles in the league but i'm gonna go with a guy that um boss actually mentioned already my number two guy is david johnson and look i know he had a down year last year i do he didn't have a thousand yards rushing but he he had problems well beyond the giants problems like the giants at least had some sort of remnants remnants of an offense at certain points you're talking about on the the other side. You're talking about a Arizona team that gave the ball to the running back in a middle of the line run in the A gap more than any other team in the NFL. Right? They had more up the middle rushes in that A gap than any other team in the NFL. That is a hardcore pass these days. That's not. You're not building an offense around that. And he still managed, even though, again, he was the only weapon, to be at least decent. Uh, a lot of people soured on him because he was, you know, the number one pick in fantasy for some people. Shout out to Impy. Uh, he was definitely a number two or three <laughs> pick for people. I, I know that I picked him number two in my fantasy league. And, I, you know, he was a disappointment. And that kind of rubs people the wrong way when you disappoint in fantasy. But when you step back and look at it, the things that he did with one of the worst offensive lines in the history of the league, not just the, not just then, uh, not just now, I'm sorry, with an injured Larry Fitzgerald for most of the year, with a court, or with a rookie quarterback that got replaced after one season, he really did a lot with little. And he's still only 27, so you still, you still get three, four good years out of him because he didn't miss one year with a, with a broken leg. So... That you see with Adrian Peterson's when you when like when you have injuries like that that aren't muscle related, it could actually add to your career rather than shorten it. So I think David Johnson, uh, he to me I still see the talent of the guy who had 2,118 yards from scrimmage and 20 total touchdowns. Like that's still the guy that I see. Yeah, he broke his hand, not his foot. His hand. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah you're right. That's why I was. Yeah, I was with you, man. Like I. Uh... I was all in on David Johnson also. I'm like, dude, this guy was the number one back like 12 months ago, and which is a year. Um, <laughs> he was the number one back, and then we just forgot about him, and I thought that the team was going to be better with Rosen, and, you know, that was just a disaster offensive line and whatnot. But, yeah, yeah, I like I like David Johnson. Not on my list, but I like it. Boss, what do you got? I got um, – I'm going with David Bakhtieri here. Wow, is it? All right, hold on. Before you get into the breakdown of him as a player, have you been influenced by the beer chugging throughout the playoffs Bro, in the NBA? That obviously put him over the Let's top. Go. Let's go. I like yeah, it. Like that's that's not even a question. Um, but yeah, since 2017, he's he's been he was in 2017. He was a second team All Pro. 2018 was a second team All Pro and a first team All Pro on Pro Football Focus. Shout out to FDME. And uh, last year he was a first team All Pro. Um, so. Yeah, he's been doing his best work, especially last year with Aaron Rodgers injured at left tackle. That dude had to keep him upright or else he was one hit away from losing a season. Um, only two holding penalties last year, which is kind of remarkable. Uh, so, yeah, he's there every game, too. He's only There was only one season 
he started 12 games and missed four games due to injury. Uh, every other year, he started all 16 games. So he's kind of an Ironman. He's a left tackle, and he's doing it for one of the best quarterbacks out there, allowing him to be the best quarterback out there. So I got David Bakhtieri at, on my list. Very interesting. But he did. He missed a lot of games, though. He missed four games one year. It's a lot. One but year. That was a couple of years ago, bro. I, Last two years, he played all 16. Ah, but he was he played in all 16, but he was in and out of those games. Like he got he he was there was a lot of times where Bakhtiari and his teammate, um, the center, I forget his name, they both were missing time. And they in the middle of games, they would go out and th- that was a big problem for the Packers this, this year. Bro, I mean, I, play- I'm with you, he's great, but it, if you're playing injured, concerned. if you're playing injured, you get an even more a feather in your cap from me, so that's even more credit. I mean, yeah, yeah. Oh, look at his girlfriend. All right. Well, that's not stats. All right. Uh, boss, give us another name you have on the top five. Uh, I'm going Christian McCaffrey. Let's go. I think this year is the year he becomes the third player ever behind. It's slipping my mind who the other one is, but Marshall Falk had a thousand, thousand year. Um, I think this is his year. I know Tim's boy David Johnson came close a couple of years ago in 2016, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um but last year, McCaffrey had over 800 yards receiving, a thousand hundred yards rushing. Um, yo, I think he, I think there's gonna be a year where he has a thousand, a thousand, and ten and ten. He had eight and seven, or seven and six, seven rushing, six receiving last year. But if he gets to those numbers, I think we're talking about a Hall of Famer here, and uh, he's well on his way. He plays with a good quarterback in, in Cam Newton. They play like a good style offense for him to be. Useful, because if you remember when he was coming out of Stanford, people thought that, you know, Christian McCaffrey, where's he going to play? He's too tiny to be a every down back. But last year, he received 100 more carries than he did his rookie year. So the Panthers obviously believe in his running capabilities and his durability. Um, some thought he would only be a special teamer coming out of Stanford due to his size and, you know, his ability to stay healthy. But that's changed. The narrative's changed on Christian McCaffrey, and it's changed really fast. And he's setting the tone for – the new style of running back. You see Zeke catching passes now where he didn't really do that his first year in his career. So he's kind of like a trendsetter in my eyes, and he's setting the trail ablaze right now. Yeah. I, Dude, he had like 400 touches one year at Stanford, and then the other year he had like 320 touches. So I never bought into the he can't be an every down back kind of player. I think it was more size, though, than durability. I don't think it was – because at Stanford, he was a beast. He was a Heisman finalist. I think. Yeah. He, did he, is he a Heisman winner? No, no. He didn't win the Heisman, but he came like second at one. It's been he quarterbacks. He was definitely a like, finalist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, his numbers at Stanford were off the charts. But I'm telling you, there were people questioning whether he could be a every down back in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wasn't used as one his rookie year either. Last year, he kind of like set the tone. He's not on my list just because we had to we, – we agreed on putting at least one offensive lineman on the list, so I had to bump him. I think the only thing that causes me concern is durability. Like, I know that he's been great, and I know that he's been reliable. Hasn't missed still, a game yet. He's a small guy, though. Like, it, it makes me nervous for longevity. That's fair. You know, but that's, like it, that's just, also that's, – that's just running back, though, in general. I feel like I'm talking to MP. Yeah, you and Nippy are this. Yo, you two been hanging out a lot because I know me and Nippy been hanging out a lot. And like, God forbid, a guy pulls a hamstring, you won't draft <laughs> him. And the crazy thing is, if you guys haven't checked out the VMNBA show, we talk about this. Like, boss, isn't it wild that Nippy's still willing to give Kevin Durant a supermax? And that it's is. like, Nippy would never draft KD on his fantasy team, but he's like, yo, this is how bad it's been for Knicks fans, folks. I'm gonna say this. Uh, there's there's one guy on this list though. That I guarantee you, if we were making this list at this time last year, he would be on every single list. And I guarantee you he was not on any of our lists. And that's Todd Gurley. Is he on any list? Oh, hell no. Right? That's the that's the difference one injury can make. Sure. But, and, 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 but that's a lingering type. Like, yes. Yes, that's true. But like. Like career altering injury in terms of like it'll last. It'll stay with you throughout the rest of your career. I mean, McCaffrey hasn't. McCaffrey hasn't blown out anything. Knock on wood for the the guy. Like this is what you this is what you signed up for if you're the Rams. You knew that he had ACL issues coming in, and you knew that even his rookie year, I believe he didn't play the first four or five games. It might have been he still won Rookie of the Year. It's still sensational, but that's kind of what you're dealing with with the running back. 
So, Tim, yeah, I, I mean, look, it's fair. It's a fair point. It's accurate. You know, he's 5'11", 205-pound running back. But that's the nature of the beast. And, yeah, Gurley, uh, he's not on my list. Yeah, and I'm passed on him as well. So have we all given two so far? Uh, yeah, I've uh, given two. I've given three. Bakhtiari, okay. Caffrey, and we all agree unanimously on Saquon. Okay, so I'll I'll, I'll piggyback also because I got, I got McCaffrey as well. And I think – I don't know where Cam Newton is on everyone's quarterback list, but sometimes I think, I think the pairings with certain players works, and him and McCaffrey work. If there's just something between those two guys. They, they just make it work, and one brings out the best in the other. I really like McCaffrey. I'm blown away that he's caught 187 passes in two years. That's wild. He caught 107 last year. Um, he's a dual-threat running back out the backfield. In between the tackles, he proved that with a five five yards per carry last season. And yeah, uh I would I would say, boss, that's a hell of a take, man. I think a thousand thousand is definitely in the works for McCaffrey. I think it's possibly in the cards. Like he him and David Johnson have come closest the last, you know, handful of years. So the way David Johnson's trending and the way McCaffrey is, I think McCaffrey's more in line to do it than anyone. Tim, who do you have? Uh give us another name on your list. Um, the third name on my list is Zeke. Um, I mean, when you're talking about a guy who could do everything, you're talking about Zeke. Uh, like Boss said, like it's not that he couldn't catch, but he just didn't have the opportunities uh, to catch the ball as much as he did uh, last year in his first two years actually combined. So in his first two years, he had 39, I'm sorry, 32 receptions and 26 receptions. Last year, he had 77 receptions. So he showed off a different part of his game that he's never seen before. He touched the ball 381 times last year, and there wasn't even a peep um, about anything uh, from him. He loved it. Fourteen hundred and thirty-four yards on the ground. You had five hundred and sixty-seven yards in the air. That that's right, right above two thousand yards from scrimmage. That kind of elite number that you're looking for from a guy who is just a ridiculous part of his offense. And he could really do it all. And you know, he, you know, I really respect. Now, the thing that he did shouldn't have done, but I respect how he handled the whole thing. You know, he went through a lot in that year. It was, he's getting suspended. Actually, he's not. Actually, he is. Actually, it's for six games. Actually, it's for two. Actually, it's for five. Actually, and they could never get their shit together. And he still, every time he touched the field, was um, was effective. 4.1 yards per attempt. Uh, 98 yards a game on the ground. Uh, at even, even when he only played 10 games and he was all over the place and he didn't know what the hell was going on. I thought he handled it in a really mature way. I thought that he handled it. Well, and that's the type of guy I want on my team. Look, look, everyone fucks up, and if everyone had a camera on them at all times, I bet you that everyone in the world has done something that they regret. So the way that he handled that regret and the way that he has, like, made himself responsible for it, I fuck with that, and I definitely fuck with what he does on the field. So Zeke is number three for me. Yeah, not on my list, but I definitely see that. I, I kind of He's like on your list, Word. What about you, boss? Yeah, I, he's definitely on my list. I was going to say that too, Tim. I think the, the pressure weighing over his head that year too, of the suspension looming and whatnot and the off-field stuff took away from his play on the field. He had his uh, worst year statistically of the three. And uh, the two years he didn't, he was just, you know, go out there and play football. He led the league in carries and led the league in rushing yards. And like you said, never complained a bit about being overused or anything, or being run into the ground. He was just, he's just a gamer, and him in his crop top. You know what I'm saying? He's out there every weekend. Um, yeah, he's, abs. him and Saquon are like one and two for me in the running back position. So he's definitely on my list. He's only 24, too, and he's got three years in the league. Uh, I think him and Saquon are the same age when they broke in. So, yeah, he's, he's definitely on my list. And like you said, he's catching the ball now and had more receptions this year than he did his first two years combined. That just shows the evolution of the game, and you got to stay up to date with the league, and, and the Cowboys have certainly did that, incorporating him into the passing game. Damn, I'm looking at his numbers right now. I kind of I kind of effed up. I fudged up, guys. Sorry, he's on Dallas, so that's, that's probably why. Nah, I mean, yo, he had 983 yards rushing, and he only played 10 games that year. The year before that, his first year, 1,600, played 15 games. Yo, Zeke, number one overall pick this year? Fantasy wise, 
I mean, I I feel like you can't go wrong with either of the three running backs we've mentioned so far. That's where I would have my rankings. I mean, okay, you got to okay. factor in with, with, with Amari on that team, too. That shit opens up the field for him. So, That's right. What's, what's, the, what's the word on Brodo? Well, you guys got it. For the number one pick? Yeah. Um, we're all different. My personal my personal guy is Alvin Kamara. I think he's number one. This oh, year. wow. But the twins like, I mean, Michael likes Saquon and Jason likes uh, Zeke, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's 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 weird this year. Like, I want a f- top pick because all these running backs are going to go so quickly. But I yeah. don't know if I want the number one pick. I, I'd yeah. rather have, like, number four. I feel like this year's fantasy draft is compared to this past NBA draft where you're like, you want a top four pick. Yeah, you want a top four pick, but you don't really want number one, though. I feel like you're chilling with number this one. This one, you want number one. Last, I mean, the NBA draft, you definitely want number one. Right, right, right. But I take one. Shit. I mean, yeah, everyone will take it, but I'd, I'd rather have like a f- number four pick. I think this that's, year. That's true because you get a pro- you probably get a better player on the swing too, exactly. and you'll get one of the four kind of equal playing field. Nick, so, thoughts? Yeah, I, I have thoughts. Is is it that unless your guy gets injured or completely falls off a cliff like David Johnson did? Can you really go wrong with either of those four guys that I mentioned? That's what I'm saying. It's like the NBA draft. I feel as if if I was to get a top top four pick, and I got either of the four guys we mentioned, and for those of you that might have missed that because we have mentioned a lot of names, it's Barkley, McCaffrey, Zeke, and Tim mentioned Kamara. Yo, I'd be chilling. Unless it's like David Johnson where, yo, the the – team is in complete shambles which none of these teams really are um going into this year every team has pretty much improved i don't think it's a big deal like i I really don't think this is also coming from someone that trades their first round pick tim probably halfway through week one i gave boss zeke (laughs) so take that with a grain of salt uh but yeah man like help me get in the i had a semifinals run thanks to zeke yeah yeah god almighty that'll do it and you gave me the no no I gave you Devontae Adams in that trade. <laughs> but then I gave him back to you. <laughs> For Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> oh, man. Good times because I'm hoisting up two belts right now in the air, folks. You guys yeah, can't see it. You know I'm, I'm just not going to talk fantasy. Nick's like a fucking – he just wheels you in. <laughs> and then and I dropped the hammer, the baby. Yeah. Boom. All right. Speaking of fantasy, staying with this theme, wide receivers. We love wide receivers. My personal number one wide receiver in football is DeAndre Hopkins, folks. I like D-Hop on this list. He's my fourth guy on this list. And the reason why is, Tim, how many snaps do you think he's missed in his career? Probably not many. Definitely not many. Do you want to just throw out a number? I I can't even – I don't know. Like uh, I'll go 50. Yeah, 50? It's single digit, folks. Jesus. And three times he's missed snaps because he had to get equipment repairs. And this is also a dude that has put up numbers with, uh, what's his name, Brandon Whedon. Uh, Tom my, Savage. Well, it's Boy. not Tom Savage. It's the macho man, Tommy Savage. You know, It's not going to be often that we get to mention <laughs> his name, so we figure we got to put it out there now. There's a guy who is just – How about pre- Femi's boy, Brian Hoyer? Wow. wow. Mr. Get him the bleep off the field. <laughs> Brock Osweiler. Yeah, and he's been productive. You know, how many times have I talked shit about AB where when Ben is out and Boss could vouch for this because he had him that year, it's like, damn, son, AB is not going to put up anything because he don't got Ben. Where D-Hop, it's like he's still going to get peppered with targets because these quarterbacks have radar and goggles on him, and rightfully so, and he still produces. You know, one of my biggest DFS scores, guys, was they were playing the Jaguars like two years ago, and Tom Savage was a quarterback. D-Hop came in at, like, mid-salary. I was like, yo, this is crazy. He's, like, the best receiver in football. Why not? He got caught, like, 12 passes on 15 targets. It's like, it doesn't matter. The guy still gets force-fed the ball. And the fact that he's durable, he doesn't seem to be a diva. I don't know what the word would be from fans from Houston that get to see him on a daily basis, but he checks all the boxes for me, man. And you know how I feel about, like, if I'm going to pay you or if you're going to be valuable to me, you need to be on the field. And D-Hop checks all those boxes. Facts, man. I, I, I'm just going to say, because I have D-Hop on my list, too. He's number mm-hmm. four. Um, dude, if you look at in the 2015 Houston, uh, the 2015 Houston Texans, um, 
he managed to get 1,500 yards uh, on that team. Let's listen to the players that started a game at quarterback that year. Brian Hoyer, Ryan Mallett, TJ Yates, and Brandon Whedon. <laughs> what? Yo, TJ Yates. Over 1,500 yards. TJ Yates. UNC GOAT. And first ever playoff win for the Texans. You know how you know you know how you know that you don't really know you're not really anything. I called him Tyler Yates and I still do. Tyler Yates for those of you baseball fanatics from back in the day. He's like a 2004 relief pitcher. Well, you confusing I, names is also on brand, so it's not facts, really... but if I'm confusing you with a with a player from 2004 on a different sport too. You're irrelevant. You know what I mean? And so, he did that with some irrelevant ass people and yo shout out to him because like you said, too, he's a down-to-earth dude. He he knows he's nice. You don't got to say it. I watched the the episode he had with uh, LeBron James on the uh, the the shop. Oh, yeah. On HBO, uh, uninterrupted. He seemed like a down-to-earth dude. He's like, y'all know I'm the best. I'm that dude, but I don't got to go flaunt it around. I don't got to go be that. I don't got to be a dick about it. You know what I mean? He's missed one game in his entire career. Oh, sign me up for, for my guy, DeAndre Hopkins. I like it. I like it. Off my list, I actually don't have any wide receivers on my list. Interesting. I mean, we only have one more player left. So that's Yet you really were the one that said give Mike Thomas stretch. $22 million. Yeah. Interesting, interesting d- dynamics right there. It's all about situational, you know what I'm saying? It's like situational hitting, situational contracting. <laughs> situational lefties? <laughs> yeah. Yo, uh, shout out to that. We were trying to figure out, if you don't know what Nick is talking about, we were trying to figure out what we were going to name veterans. They obviously early don't know on. what Nick is talking about. Yeah, so I, I, we might have mentioned it before, but we were thinking about mad different names, and one of the names that was, was it a finalist? Was the situational lefties? No, no, you mentioned that, and right away we were like, no, we're not doing that. Yeah, one. well, I also came up with veterans minimum, so I get a pass. Fair, but still, that was an awful <laughs> one. <laughs> Situational lefties. Yeah, yeah, boss. Who uh, um, give us give us another name on your list. All right. Well, this name is gonna round out my list because this is my fifth and final. Uh, but I'm gonna go. This was this was tough for me because I was I was going tight end just because yo, I don't know about you guys, but growing up, I related to players who who I played like. So tight ends. I was a big tight end fan. I loved Tony Gonzalez growing up. Um, baseball was like an outfielder, like someone who just played good defensively. So I love Paul O'Neill growing up. So I got to put a tight end on my list, and it's going to be Travis Kelsey, who had his best year yet. I like to say he's free in a sense because he finally has a quarterback who can stretch the field, which I think opens the middle up more for him with Ty, Ty Freak Hill. Um, him going up and down the sideline and Pat Mahomes' gun has really freed him up more space. He had 1,300-plus yards last year, and his first season of – double-digit touchdowns at 10. So even though he's older now, he's 29. I was thinking about going George Kittle here because I had to throw a tight end out, like I said. But I'm going Travis Kelsey because I still legitimately believe his best years are ahead of him, especially, like I said, given the situation he's in. He's in a great situation. If Tyree Kill is cleared, that's a big if. If he's out there every Sunday. And as long as Pat Mahomes is throwing, I think Travis Kelsey is in for Four to five more fantastic years at tight end. So if we're starting a franchise today, I start one with him, 100%. Hey, you're not going to get much of an argument from me, man. I also have a tight end on this list. It's not so, him. I was going to say I had a pass catcher, just not a wide receiver. Gotcha. And interesting that you go tight end. And, yo, if you think about it, man, some of these offenses are really the tight end is the most important piece on their team. Look at, I think, the Chiefs. Could argue the Chiefs for sure. Yeah, uh, the, the How about Eagles, the, the Niners too. Like I said, with Kittle, though that's the guy that I have, George nice. Kittle. Wow, <laughs> interesting. I, I'm factoring in age, also. You know, I we I know we didn't say exactly what we're basing our rankings on, but you know, when I think starting a franchise, I'm thinking like a decade plus or close to it. So I'm going with George Kittle. Fun fact: the 98th most expensive tight end on based on salary because he was a day three pick and this dude just set the record for uh tight ends i think last season but i feel like he single-handedly well not single-handedly because uh you know it's, it's known as a good tight end school but i feel like he was the reason why two tight ends from iowa went in the first round this year 
Yeah, like, so I don't understand that sometimes. I, I don't remember Iowa tight ends being what they were known for until, like, he came into the league. Until Kittle. And now, all of a sudden, two of them are getting drafted in the first round. That's how you know you get Boss, your boy Dallas Clark. Yes. A hog No gloves, baby. bro. No gloves. Man, I always, anytime I think of him, I think of the uh, commercial with that little kid. It's like Peyton Manning's dropping back in the pocket, and you just hear Clark. And then he just hits Clark like on a corner route. I don't know. Mad legendary. I get it. But when I remember right. Dallas Clark, I just remember he wore like 80 thin wristbands or like armbands on his arm all the way up, but no gloves and like tape fingers. Also, uh, Scott Chandler, who uh, Joe famously didn't take a running back on our waivers in a no tight end league because he spent it on Scott Chandler when he got picked up by the Pats. Oh, man. I got to love fantasy. Yeah, but I'm going with Kittle because also Kittle is, yo, not for nothing, they don't really got much around him. I know Dante Pettis came into his own towards the tail end of last year and they traded up to get him. Maybe this year will be different because they also got a rookie wide receiver that I really, really like in Debo Samuel. And you got um, Goodwin who can stretch the field. But he is what makes that offense go. And I really want to see him with Garoppolo because, guys, we haven't. he's done all this without Garoppolo. And Garoppolo comes from a system in New England that loves tight ends. So he knows he has experience with forcing the ball and that being his first read, the tight end position. So I got George Kittle on this list. He rounds off my top five. Tim, uh, close us out with this one, man. So I just want to point out that on a list of position players, you two both have two white guys on the squad, which I, I would have put my money against that. Well, I mean, you know, we're in like the progressive <laughs> era too. You know what I'm saying? Like I the, mean, that literally, I didn't even think of that until you just said that. <laughs> yeah, me neither. But, but uh, I'm, 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 I'm giving the love to the big guys to end this off. A guy that when he is on the field, there is a stark difference um, between when he touches the field and when he's not on the field in terms of the offense of his team. Plays Eric left Flowers. tackle. Plays, le- <laughs> plays left tackle, which is the most important position on the offensive line. He's made the first team all pro uh, team every single year. He's been in the league and healthy. Uh, I'm talking about left tackle Tyron Smith uh, of the Dallas Cowboys. Now, he missed some games, and I know that I, I got at you for David Bakhtiari for missing some games. So I got to take that. I'm, I'm going to take it. I'm going to eat it. I have no comeback for it. But... When he missed the games, there was a distinct, mm. distinct difference between how the Cowboys played when he was on the field and how the Cowboys played when he was off the field. And, you know, he's still young. Uh, he signed me up for this guy. He's going to be an all-pro uh, probably probably more times than than he already has been. Uh, signed me up, man. He's also very under-penalized. Has never had more than 10 penalties in his entire career, for whatever that's worth. So... He has made uh, different types of all-pro teams from Sporting News, Associated Press, Pro Football Writers, Pro Football Focus. He's he makes all these different types of first-team all-pros because every it's it's really hard to not see it when you just look at him on the field. He's just bigger and stronger and faster than everyone else. So Tyron it's Tyron Smith of the Dallas Cowboys. That's the guy I'm starting my franchise around if I'm building with an old lineman. Yeah, I'll never forget the game they played against the Falcons, and he didn't play that game and. Oh. Fuck, what was his name, man? He's not with the Falcons. Oh, Claiborne. Yo, Claiborne had six or oh. seven sacks. Was and that was, not a Thanksgiving game? I, I don't think it was a Thanksgiving game. Okay, because I remember Tyron Smith was trying to come back on Thanksgiving one year. It was, like, it was a quick turnaround. I don't know if he did or didn't. I'm not sure if they were playing the Falcons or not. But I thought it was a national broadcast. It it, it might have been. It might have been. I do remember that, that game being on TV, but... Dude, I was gonna say. Then again, Dallas is always on TV here. They're always yeah. in the Fox Five primetime slot. Yeah, it was all right. So I got it in front of me right now. Yes, he did have six sacks. It was a November thirteenth game against the Cowboys in Atlanta, and all six sacks set a team record with six sacks. Adrian Claiborne all came at the disposal of the backup left tackle who was in place for Tyron Smith. So Tim, <laughs> God Almighty. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy, man. You want to talk about impact, you couldn't be that, – that's like the perfect example. Be like, yo, go look at that box score. Yeah. Claiborne got Same. paid because of that shit. 
all right. I guess uh is there anything else? Anything else I'm missing, Tim? Uh I think we're good. Did you talk about that herpes that you were telling me about earlier? No, but you know what? One of my uh <laughs> one of my plus ones, uh you know, Tinder Gold is tremendous. Uh, another unpaid ad, but uh she went back to her ex boyfriend. So to that boss, you know what I said, right? Uh, congrats. Yep. I believe is what you said. Yep, I did. I did. So See, not... Tinder got gold now? Oh, I'm out the dude. game. I'm, I'm married and you're, shit. Yeah, like, you're, you know, I, I, I I'm the... like one of those old guys. I need, I need to, I need to be up on what's going on in the, in the single game. Oh man. It's a good time. It's a, it's a good time. I would imagine it was a good time before I left the game. It must be even better now. Four years later. Yeah. yeah tell watch out. Your lady's coming behind you with a spoon. Be careful. <laughs> duck, duck. <laughs> All right, boss, where can they find you if they want to contact you, man, before I, this goes off the rails talking about Tinder. <laughs> at individual 27 on Twitter and the gram. Tim? At Tim Patrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real, real frisky. Don't forget to check out the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. That's B-R-O-T-O, BrodoFantasy.com as well. And shout out to Scott Fish, who puts together the biggest fantasy tournament uh, in the world. Boy, he is a part of it, so shout out to him for letting me be part of that. Uh, I hope to... Uh, I hope to murder some experts this year. Uh, Brad Ziegler is actually in my league, so I'm, I'm hoping to to get him to beat him in particular. Yo, you got, dude. I can't front. I'm mad jealous. You guys are in that shit because like there's a there's like a wrestlers bracket too. Like there's Matt, like the Miz is in there, boss. There's Matt wrestlers and Seth Hold Rollins on, is, is in it. Is Brad Ziegler the sidearm pitcher? Yes. Okay, I thought that's who you were talking. All right, I still want to. Say, He's I, like a fantasy expert now. <laughs> yeah, fantasy football. That's why I was confused. He played baseball. That's why I was like, Wait. "Damn, that yo, good luck stupid. in that shit, man." I, Thanks, there's bro. mad. There's like all titans of the industry in there and celebs. Yeah. So Jason, dope. you know, we had Scott Fish on in uh, for the for the podcast. Actually, Jason hooked it up, and we've been friendly ever since. So shout out to Scott Fish. He's he's one. He, this is also this this tournament. It also comes with a donation to Fantasy Cares, which is an organization that helps people through fantasy football so he's just he's a great dude and great dad shout out to scott fish yeah shout out to scott fish we gotta get in that league too man uh at the lamb show on twitter twitter instagram and on twitch on degeneration bets this week we came back i interviewed one of the top mma DraftKings players out there boss a little inside information brother brother i'm excited to listen to that uh, later so overnight yeah yeah definitely check that out we talk a little bit about the ufc card this weekend as well and uh yeah at veterans former guest jared gordon is fighting this weekend yeah jared our buddy jared's fighting on saturday it's on espn so you don't need the espn plus app which is pretty cool and it's nice he gets some national spotlight uh, for Jared over there, so we'll be we'll be buckled in and watching that one. And at Veterans Minimum on social media is where you can find the show. And we'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Nobody builds five G like Verizon builds five G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with five G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.